Hey, BCC, let's worship the Lord together by singing the King of My Heart. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, is my song. Let the King of the worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, Good, good, oh, you 
so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus at the center of heaven.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We just want to celebrate you, God. We want to worship you, Jesus. You are the one who has brought peace. You are the one who has brought redemption, Jesus. No sweeter name. We cannot wait for the day that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, Jesus, Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You were the word in the beginning, and we celebrate and we worship you, Lord. No greater love hath this than a man lay down his life for someone else. And while we were sinners, God, while we were wretched, while we had nothing to offer, while we spat in your face, Lord, you poured out your blood. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Christ's name. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you're all doing well, being safe, keeping your mask up when you're around people out in the community. As we uh, found out this week, the president and his wife uh, tested positive for COVID. So if it can reach uh, the White House and hit the president, even though he's all over the place talking to people and getting out, uh, it could reach pretty much anybody. So uh, be safe out there. Still uh, something to be thinking about. I hope you're doing all right. I hope uh, I hope uh, God is uh, working in your life and you are working with the Lord and uh, growing in your faith and doing all you can to um, to share the good news with people all around us that need Jesus, especially in these times and where we're going in these times and, and what could happen next. The sky's the limit. We really just have no idea what could happen next, depending on how things go over the next month or two, right? Uh, we are talking about, well, uh, first of all, a couple of things real quick. Operation Christmas Child, we're going to begin to collect boxes to send to kids all over the world. Operation Christmas Child, it's the shirt I'm wearing, Samaritan's Purse. And uh, they do such a great job of ministry and caring for people. And then also on October 31st from 4 to 6, we're going to have a trunk or treat drive through so people can drive through our parking lot out here get some candy and uh, at least do something for our trunk or treat or halloween this year uh so spread the word let people know that's what we're doing we're talking about when the going gets tough and really what i want to say to you today is kind of a little rough there's uh it's a warning uh, message today and um and it could get uh, a little bit kind of crazy and maybe even uh hard uh, but but it's a truth. It's the truth of the scripture. It's a truth about Jesus, and it's a truth that we need to know and get in our minds so that we're ready when things happen. You know, uh, three we took three keys away from the passage in James. I'm not going to put it up there, I don't think, right now. But, I, but I'm asking you to, to remember those three things. James said in chapter 1, he said, uh, there's three truths that, that we have to be aware of as we approach and move through tough times. And that is this. Consider it, what? Pure joy. Joy. Trials are going to come. That's number two. Trials are going to come. Consider it pure joy. Don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. Don't let them crush you. Expect them. So then expect them now with joy, with this sense of, yeah, come on, bring it on. It's like it's like being in a uh, an intense, high matchup sporting event where Teams are equal, and they're both good, and you're going at it, and, and, and it's just fun. It's fun because it's good competition. Well, the devil is going to come at us, and, and it's not a sporting event. It's not competition, but it is a battle. And, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, so you're victorious in the end, but it's not going to be fun sometimes. It's going to be very difficult. When the going gets tough, it's going to be tough. And James says, consider pure joy. He says, trials are going to come. And the third thing James says is, they're taking you somewhere. These trials are shipping away at you as a person in your heart, deep within you, making you a better man, making you a better woman, making you a better person, you know, stronger, more relying on God, trusting in the Lord. All the things that we need to grow on in the inside, our character, our integrity, God is working on those things through our trials. God is awesome in that. Don't get freaked out about it. Just go with it and trust the Lord. So today, and for the next uh, four weeks, I want to end this whole series about when the going gets tough with four 
sermons beginning this week on what Jesus said about when the going gets tough. Okay, because I want to end it up with, with the words of Christ and what he had to say about these end times, right? Because uh, there's a lot of great Bible passages of scriptures out there. There are lots of good stories. There's lots of events. There's miracles. There's instruction. There's examples that we can look at in the scripture all through it from Genesis to uh, Revelation that are really good, that are all inspired by God. But for me, when I'm reading the words that Jesus said and the things that Jesus did, for me, those are most critical. Everything's critical, but to me, those are most critical, and we should sit up and kind of pay more attention to the things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus did. We know that all scripture is inspired by God, but there's something about those red letters that Jesus said out of his mouth that for me take, I, I want to just pay more attention to those and be very careful to listen very carefully to what Jesus had to say. Jesus' words and Jesus' actions are still our marching orders. It's what we we live by. It's what we want to put into our heart, we want to put into our mind, and we want those things to guide our decisions and our activity and our behavior and our attitudes, right? That's what we want. We want to follow the words of Jesus. You know, if you talk to enough people out there in the world about religion, about God, about the Bible, you are going to hear all kinds of crazy stuff. In fact, some people are so smart that they have figured out a way to explain away the truths of God and have kind of concocted in their own mind, in their own imagination, their own version of the truth. And it's not the Bible. It's no longer the scripture. They have, they have taken the scripture, they have chewed it up, and they have reconstructed it into something they think and when you're talking to these people, you just hear this switch. It went from Jesus and the Word of God and the truth of Christ to their own philosophies or their own ideas or their own ungodly thinking. And uh, be careful of that. Be aware of that. The only way to, to combat that or to know when you're hearing that is by knowing the truth, by knowing what Jesus said, by knowing what God says. Okay, that's the only way you're going to combat that. Otherwise, you're going to be deceived. There's going to be a lot of deception in this world. The scriptures tell us that's going to come, that's going to happen. It's already out there. Beware of that. Beware of that. You know, we have seen uh, how God's servants uh, in the past sermons have responded to trials, right? Uh, and, and so what I'd like to do now, like we saw about Gideon and we saw about Stephen and we saw about the boy and we saw about uh, Peter and, and different people in the scriptures that faced these different trials. But what I'd like to do now is add to that how they responded to tough times, what Jesus said about tough times. When the going gets tough, here is what Jesus said. And this is number one of four points. Today we're just going to do number one. Jesus said tough times are going to come. Okay, just chew on that a minute. Jesus said, tough times are going to come. Again, these are words of warning for us. This is like, this is like a fire alarm going off. It's abrupt. It's loud. It's somewhat aggravating and annoying. But its design is to save your life. And when Jesus says tough times are going to come, he's trying to tell us that in this world, the going is going to get tough, and it's going to get tougher, and it's going to get even tougher as we approach the end of time, which is where I think and I believe we are moving. Well, we know we're moving there. We're moving closer to the end than we are from the beginning. Okay, so we are moving toward an end time. That's what we, that's where we're at. And, 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 and the fact that Jesus said this is really evidenced by the people we've been studying, like, like John the Baptist and Abraham and the apostles and the prophets and people like that. They underwent great trials and great tribulations, 
And they were persecuted and they were tested, like in big ways, more than we have ever been. And so we know tough times are going to come because it came upon them. So beware, again, beware of believers who want to think that Jesus promised us some kind of rose garden. Be aware of people who tell you that when you became a Christian, everything was going to be nice and easy and wonderful because Jesus did not promise you a rose garden. He did not say, pick up your picnic basket and let's go have a picnic. What he did say was pick up your cross and follow me. Now those words alone are enough to tell us we need to be uh, aware and alert at all times as we go forward, as, as each day approaches, that things are not going to get easier. They're going to become more difficult. The attacks are going to get louder. The enemy is turning up the heat. Darkness is trying to snuff out the light. And so if you're going to walk in the light with Jesus, it's going to get harder and harder on you. The attacks are coming from everywhere, whether it's our schools or our communities or, 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 or uh, the government or uh, uh, evil groups or, or just uh, ungodly ways and, and people trying to promote ungodliness. Uh, it's coming in every direction. You and I can feel that happening already. We know that it's happening. Jesus' presence with us is huge. It's great. It's our only hope. It's the way we're, we're going to make it through this. It's the only way we're going to make it through. It's that narrow road that's going to keep us right there close to Christ if we stay with Jesus all the way. Right? But our presence... His presence in our life is awesome, but our presence as people in this world representing God is a battle. It is a battle. We are in, and Jesus made it very clear, we are in enemy territory here. Okay, this earth has been hijacked by the devil. And God is still involved, but the enemy is having his way. He is the God of this age, the scripture says, that he is in control, at least in part, of many of the things that are going on, the systems of our world. And Jesus says, you are an enemy in uh, you are an, you are in enemy territory, right? You are a representative of God in an in, in in a evil world. You're on a mission with God. You know, in heaven, in heaven. We are promised great things. Like in heaven, we are promised not a rose garden, but really a garden of gold. I mean, we are promised great things in heaven, but we are not promised great things here on this earth. What we are promised is that Jesus will walk with us on this earth. We will experience trials and temptations and tribulations, satanic attacks against the things of God and the people of God, you can bank on this. It is a promise. It's a promise that this is where the world is going to keep moving toward. And I want to look at a couple scriptures with you, okay? The first one is in John 15. Just to kind of, I want to touch on some scriptures and give you some application and wrap this thing up. But, but I just want us all to be thinking about what's going to unfold, even though there's good things in our world and there's bad things in our world and there's just life as usual, but there is an evil at work behind the scenes. I mean, working to corrupt, working to devour, to kill and to destroy. And we need to be aware and ready for that. Like in a way, we, we, uh, we live in a world where where there's a, a, a like a like a, a oyster, right? You like you look at an oyster and it's like not the prettiest thing in the world. But you crank that thing open and there's a lot of nastiness. But there's a pearl right there in the middle. And so for me, the things of God and the treasures of God and walking with Jesus are that pearl. But surrounding that pearl is a lot of brokenness and evil and ugliness. And that's the world we live in. And we have to be aware 
of those things. We have to be aware of these things. So, so in John 15, Jesus is teaching about the vine and the branches. Remember, he talks about remaining in him, that if you remain in him, he will remain in you. If you don't remain in him, he's going to cut off those branches. They're going to go into the fire. Remember that? And uh, the, the truth is in this, and what he's trying to say in John 15, is that the power and the victory is in Jesus. Stay in Jesus. Remain in him anyway. If the world hates you, Jesus says, in context of the vine and the, and the branches, if the world hates you, not loves you, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it, it would love you as its own. If you want to be a part of the world, you will be loved by the world, by every aspect of the world, because it's corrupt and evil. As it is, you do not belong to the world because you're a believer, and that's why the world will hate you, or that's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. So clearly, Jesus is saying to us, this is no rose garden. The persecution's coming. Look what they did to me, and they're going to do the same to you or anyone who claims that God is the truth. Be aware. Be alert. Be ready. Remember, you're in good company. You're in good company. They hated Jesus first. So if they hate you, if, if people are, are coming against you because of things that you stand for and things that you, you stand up against and for the words you share or the Facebook posts you post because you are trying to represent the truth and God if they come against you in that and they're coming against you they're going to come I deal with uh, all kinds of comments sometimes from people who want to attack the things of God and Christianity and the church and all that watch out it's going to come if if things are easy for you if they're easy for you, you got to wonder about yourself. you got to begin to think, wait, wait, wait. Am I loving the world so much that, that things are easy for me? Because if they're easy for you, remember what Jesus said, if they love you, you're just a part of it. You're part of the, the, the mass problem. You're part of the, 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 the world that is moving in the wrong direction. Be aware of that. Be careful. Question yourself. Evaluate yourself. Am I, am I stirring things up for God? Am I like representing God? Do people know that I stand for God? Or am I just blending in with the world? And he says, if you are a servant of Christ, then they're going to treat you just like they treated him. Another passage in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out the 12, and he grants them special authority to heal and to uh, drive out spirits, right? And he gives them some instructions, and he gives them some warnings. And first of all, in verse 16, he says this, I am sending you, these are the apostles, the, the, the key disciples, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, that does not sound like a pretty thing. You put sheep among wolves, and what you have is, is, is danger. That sheep, that little sheep, innocent little sheep, is in great danger. And Jesus said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Right there, our flag goes up and goes, whoa, we need to be alert. We need to watch our back. We need to watch our front and our sides. We need to watch out for others who are trying to follow Christ. And we need to represent Jesus together in the world and stand together. Because together we will stand. A sheep all by itself is going to get devoured by the wolves. Don't be that sheep. Then it goes on to say, verse 21, Brothers, brothers will betray brother to death. And a father his child. Children will rebel. This is Jesus saying what's going to come in the, in the future. These things are happening and have been happening and will continue to happen. Children will rebel against parents and have them put to death. That's intense. That's no rose garden, people. That is a serious warning to us to be alert, to be aware. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Isn't that awesome? So Jesus' desire for, for us, you guys, is that we are prepared, that we will be prepared, that tough times are going to come, and there will be a division over Jesus, father uh, against son and children against their parents. That is, that is where we're living right now. 
kids who are growing up and saying, I don't believe that garbage. And their parents who have seen the mighty hand of God work. Parents who have trusted in God and watched them get them through really tough times, even with their children. And the kids growing up and saying, I don't want any part of that. And that's happening all around us. Tough times are coming. Division is coming. Believers, lovers of Jesus are going to be attacked. They're going to be hunted down and they're going to be hated and they're going to be persecuted. Be alert. Be warned. Be ready. The time is coming. You know, if somebody told you when you became a Christian, if somebody told you that becoming a Christian, life was going to be easy, they did not tell you the entire truth. They didn't tell you the truth. Yes, yes. Becoming a Christian, your life will be exhilarating. Your, your life will be full of amazing adventures that you never dreamed you would be a part of if you give your life to Christ and you go full in following Jesus. Like if you say, I'm all in, God, here I come. Do what you want with me. God is going to do some amazing things in, in this world and you and in your life. And yes, becoming a Christian, your reward in heaven is going to be great. But it will be tough here on this earth. Right? It will, be, it will be difficult as you live on a planet that is moving away from God. And it will get tougher and tougher as it goes. Now, only, uh, not only are these trials coming, not only are they coming, and not only are they here, but I'm here to tell you guys, they're going to intensify. They're going to intensify. It's going to get more difficult for Christians as the end approaches as we continue moving toward the end of time it's coming uh, we have had we have had it probably too good like we are so spoiled because we have had it good we have had the best of everything we have we have the wealth and the riches and the uh, sporting events and the activities and we've been able to do everything we've wanted to do pretty much on vacations and trips and going and coming and all that stuff but I'm telling you, it's going to get harder. It's going to get more difficult. We are spoiled people, and we need to realize that that is not what life is about. The world is going to come to an end, and, and all that's going to matter is, are you loving and living for Christ? That's what's going to matter most. You know, Jesus warned his disciples about the end times. In Matthew chapter 24 and in uh, Luke chapter 21, he talks about the signs of, of the end of time and he 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 does this so that they and he does this so that you and I will be prepared. So in in, in uh, Matthew 24 Jesus says some things that I want to share with you real quick. He says uh the, the scripture says Jesus left the temple and he was walking away when his disciples came up to him uh, to call his attention to the buildings. And he said Jesus said, "Do you see these things? I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Every stone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, and they said, tell us, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of, the, of your coming and of the end of the age? And so Jesus clearly tells us some things to watch for in the end of time. Jesus says, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ. Be ready for this and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We're already seeing this. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you will be handed over and persecuted. Jesus is talking about the disciples. He's talking about the end of time. He's talking about those who believe in our followers of Christ. You will be handed over and you will be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me, because of Jesus. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many people are going to fall away in the end. And many false prophets are going to appear and deceive many people. Because of the wickedness 
or the increase of wickedness, the love of most, he says, will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now that, my friends, is a scripture and a warning from Jesus for all of us to be aware. Jesus says to the disciples and to all believers, watch out. Do not be deceived. Do not think that life is going to be greater and grander as it goes forward. It is not. That is not how this is all going to go down. There will be all kinds of calamity. There's going to be wars and earthquakes and famines, and we've already been experiencing those for a long time. He says, do not be alarmed. He says, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated because of me. Many will turn from the faith. Many false prophets will come. But then he says, here's our hope. In the midst of all the doom and the gloom, in a way, here's the hope. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. We have got to hang on to Christ, but we also have to be aware of what's going to happen, that Jesus has already warned us that tough times are going to come. They are going to come, and they're going to get harder. This is no joke. This is no easy road to walk, being a Christian, following Jesus. It's not going to get easier. Easier. It's going to get tougher to be a Christian in an ungodly world and what's quickly becoming, quickly becoming an ungodly America. We have wandered so far away from the truth of who God is and how this nation was founded. And there's all kinds of arguments about how it was founded and who did what. But the bottom line is God has always been a part of this country and we have allowed the world, we have allowed our country and government and politics to remove God and, the, and, the, and, and, and crazy Marxist, socialist, humanistic people to remove our statues, to remove those quotes from Scripture, to remove what our founding fathers believed deep in their heart about God and about the Scripture. And we are becoming a very ungodly America. And we see that happening all around us. And it's only going to get worse. The Apostle Paul said this, we are hard-pressed. This is Paul talking about end times or, or tough times. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. That is why we keep moving. That's why we hang on to Christ, because we want Jesus to be known to the world that people will have hope and in the end be saved. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And so we're in a battle. The death of sin and evil is working on us and the world, but the hope of Jesus Christ and the life that he brings is giving life to us at the same time. We are in the middle of a battle. Peter, the Apostle Peter, so we got Paul talking about tough times. We got Peter talking about tough times. He says, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials, kind of like James said. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ comes back again or is revealed. Okay? Tough times are going to sift people out. Tough times are going to cause some to throw in a towel and just go the way of the world and give in. Even the churches are going to give in to sinful ways. They're going to give in to things that God said no to, that God said no. He's commanded us. These are not right. These are not good. These are not of his will. And there are many churches and lots of Christians who are already given in to those things. They have allowed the world to conform them into their thinking, right? Right? Because they think that everything's supposed to be wonderful and grand. That's their mentality. That's where this is all coming from, that, that surely God wouldn't allow the world to move in a direction where Satan is in control. But what they fail to understand is this, Satan is in control, at least temporarily. God is over it all. 
And as long as we have Christ, we have hope in this world, but the world and everything in it is of the evil one. It's evil. It's going to lead us in the wrong direction. And so Peter is trying to say these troubles are going to come. We have hope in Jesus. And when he's revealed, good things are going to happen. You know, there's going to be an end at some time. Jesus is able also to speak of these things, right? Why? Because, because Jesus suffered. Jesus can relate to you and me. He understands what's going on in this world. And he is the ultimate of purity and holiness. And we see what they did to him, right? We see how the world treated him. The minute he began to teach about the kingdom of God and about the truths of heaven, he began to get persecuted by first religious people and then a mob of people who continued to hate on Jesus, even though what he was trying to say to us was from his father, right? He faced difficult times. The prophet Isaiah spoke of this long before it even happened. And then we watched in the New Testament it unfold. He was pierced. Isaiah said this. He was hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus stepped on the face of the earth. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. You know, we know how Jesus was, how Jesus was persecuted. We know how he was attacked. He was mocked. He was arrested, he was beaten, he was murdered, and we know that most of the prophets and all of the apostles were as well. So everyone in, in the organization of Christ and the kingdom of God in leadership capacity, most every one of them endured persecution, trials, attacks, and martyrdom. They died believing in their faith, and to this, to this, you were called. Look what, um, look what Peter says. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, if you're a Christian and your intention is to continue walking with Jesus through all the darkness, it is not going to get easier. Tough times are coming and they're going to get harder. And Jesus promised us, that they would come, that they would come. We are, we, are, we are going to get, it's going to get tougher and tougher. And just remember, Jesus told us already that these things are coming. So how do we deal with these things? Let me give you four quick ways that we're going to deal with these things. The first thing is this, Jesus said, tough times are coming. And number one, the first thing, and how are we going to approach this, how we're going to move forward is this, we're going to keep serving and we're going to pay, patiently wait. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep serving the King, King Jesus, in this world, and we're going to patiently wait. Wait on Him to move in your life. Wait on Him to rescue you. Wait on Him to empower you. Wait on Him to return. We're waiting on whatever it is God wants us to do, but in the process, we're going to keep on serving. Romans 12 says this, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be patient in affliction and be faithful in prayer. So we're just going to keep our eyes on the Lord. We're going to keep talking to our God. We're going to keep our mind on him. We're going to keep serving the Lord more and more and more. As evil turns itself up, we've got to turn up the kingdom. We've got to turn up the light. We've got to turn up the love. And we've got to keep serving the Lord greater than we ever did before. Number two, rejoice. How are we going to deal with all these tough times? We're going to rejoice and pray. Okay, we just saw that in that passage. But in Philippians, Paul said this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Not only near right now in our lives, he's close to us, but his coming, his coming is getting closer and closer. It's near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus did you hear that Jesus says to you and I the word of God says to us in the midst of tough times rejoice James said 
Count it pure joy when you experience trials of many kinds. And the scripture over and over again says, as these tough times come, you keep a smile on your face, you rejoice, and you keep praying. Third thing is this. We glory in our trials. Like I know a lot of people, when bad things happen, they look at that as the worst time of their life. That was the worst year I ever had. If you said that, raise your hand. Because most people have said that, like, that was the worst year. I hope that's over. Like, a lot of people are saying that about this 2020. They're saying, this is horrible. Why did this year ever come? But the scripture is totally opposite of that. Like, we glory in our trials. Not that we want bad things to happen to us or to other people. or We want calamity to come upon us. You know, we don't, we don't look forward to that and we don't pray for that to happen. We pray for good things. You know, we pray for God to work. But we also know we live in a world that's broken and fallen and these things are going to happen. And so we're going we're gonna to look at those things as a part of a fallen world that we happen to be living in and we're going to find glory in there. We're going to find the good in the midst of the bad. That's what we do as Christians. Our viewpoint is from God. It isn't from the world. See, when you're stuck in the mud, you'll look around and say, man, we are stuck in the mud. This is terrible. But when you know you've got rescue, when you know the rescue is right here and you're stuck in the mud, then there's no sweat in this. We know we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're in this world, but we are not of this world, right? We are not. And so we can glory in our trials. Consider it pure joy, James says, and we just read, right? Consider it a joy when these things come your way because they're going to do something in your life. Romans chapter 5, 3 to 5 says this. Paul said, we also glory in our sufferings. We glory in our sufferings because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. We know God's going to work in this, right? Perseverance develops character. Character develops hope. And hope does not put us to shame or hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. <laughs> That's awesome, right? So, so again, greater is he that is in you. The hope you have in Christ is far greater than any trial or suffering that you'll go through in this world. And if you'll keep your mind on that, you'll be fine. If you take your mind off of the greatness of God in your life and you put your mind on the trials of this earth, you will not glory in your suffering. You will wallow in your suffering. You will let it crush you. Don't do it. The hope is there. Hang on to Christ. He's proven who he is. Trust him to the very end, till the day you die, till the day they take your life or you give up your last breath. You trust Christ to the bitter end, my friend. To glory is this, is to beam with joy and understanding that it is God who is working in us by his Holy Spirit who is alive in us. That's what it means to glory, that, that we know that in us is God. And that's greater than any catastrophe or trial or suffering of the world. That's a beautiful thing, right? Jesus said, when tough times come, glory in your trials. Trust in him. I don't mean in a psycho way or some like close your eyes, some blind faith way. I mean because you know that you know that you know that God is your rescuer and he's with you in the midst of it all. Just like he was Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire and Moses and Abraham and all those people we have studied and all those people we read about in the scripture, God was with them. They trusted God. You can do that too. And I can do that too in the midst of all of this that's going on in our world as it gets tougher and tougher. And the fourth thing is this. He said, tough times are coming. Hold fast. That's what we do. We hold fast. In fact, Scripture's full of, of passages of, uh, of Jesus and the apostles saying about holding fast and hanging on to Christ in the midst of these trials and these things. So this is a very, uh, very familiar thought. But in Revelations, the last book of the scripture that, that points to things that are happening in John's time when he writes, but also to things in the future that are going to come. John says this in Revelations chapter 3, verse 11, I am coming soon. Jesus says, I am coming soon. The end is so near. He is coming soon and he says, 
Hold on, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. This is, this is, an, this is a, an encouragement, a challenge for all of us that don't throw in the towel now. It would be like being on past the last curve of a race. You see the finish line and you just decide to give up. Why would you do that? We would never do that. You might, you might think about giving up at the beginning of the race when you're hurt or you're, you're, you're in pain or something, but you are, we are at the finish line. Don't give up now. He says, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. It's right there in front of us. The day is coming and it's drawing near. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of God. Never again will they leave. See, this is all going to come to an end one day. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the scripture says, he says to the churches. In other words, the end is coming. Jesus is coming soon. His reward is with him. You are approaching the finish line. He's given us all the warnings. Don't give up now. Hold on. Hold fast. Hold fast to Jesus, my friends. Hold fast to Jesus. So when the going, when the going gets tough, when the going gets tough, Jesus says tough times are going to come. Bank on it. Plan on it. Prepare for it, right? Be ready. Brace yourself in a way like, like people do when a hurricane is about to hit the shore. They brace themselves. They get ready for it. They do everything they can to prepare, and then they take it on, and they, they fight through it. That's what we do. That's what we're doing here. We're preparing. And, and most of all, receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. If you have never done that, do that now. Do it soon. Do it today. Don't put it off. You need Jesus to come into your life so that you will have the power of the Holy Spirit working in you to face this world and what's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher as life continues to move forward. You guys, if you've never accepted Christ, just do this. Just do this. Just ask Jesus to, to be a part of your life, to come into your life, to repent to him. Just, just confess to him. Just tell him, tell him how you feel about you. Tell him how you feel about him. And then just ask God to, to, to come into your life. And then when, when you have, as soon as you have an opportunity, give your life to Jesus in baptism. Talk to somebody. Find somebody. Talk to me. Write to me. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help you. Be immersed into Christ. Let him wash away your sins. Like the, the scripture says in the book of Acts, when they, the church first began and people said, what do we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. So, so just do those things. Okay, just don't, don't put them off. Don't question them. Don't, don't, don't dig into the uh, discussions about when Jesus came into your life or when he saved your soul. Just, just do what Jesus said to do. Just do what the scripture teaches us, okay? Just do that and, and, and hide your life in him, remain in him, walk with him, and face this world with Jesus. He's your only hope, you guys. You're not going to make it on your own. You need a guide, and the only guide that can take us to heaven is Jesus. Father, move in our lives. Draw us close to you. Help us to give you all that we are. Help us to be prepared because we know tough times are coming and they're going to get harder and harder. Help us to prepare ourselves by falling in love with you, by, by reading the word of God, and by just drawing close to you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for each one watching. Bless each one, Father, as we learn to follow you better. In Jesus' name.